Welcome to Relatable Rhetoric Podcast, where we focus on finding our strides, even with introductions. I'm Adrian Robertson, your host. I'm a writer by day, but I'm an inspirer by night. Can I be that? Yes, I want to inspire you. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. So today's episode is dropping on a Sunday because, duh, it's Mother's Day. And so this episode, if you are a mom, this episode is dedicated to you. It's all about you, sis, today. I hope that your day is going wonderfully, and I hope that you are taking time for yourself. Because <laughs> there is this real, you know, idea that like, oh, it's Mother's Day, you should spend time with your kids and be with your kids. Look, don't let anyone shame you into how you should spend your Mother's Day. If you want to spend it with your kids, do that. But if you want a day to yourself, if you don't want to think about any meal, making any meal, buying any meal, preparing any meal, wiping butts, if you don't want to think about, you know, whatever it is related to your children, (laughs) I get it. Okay. I am a mom of two beautiful boys. I have a five-year-old and a nine-year-old and I love them dearly. Do you hear me? They are the light of my world. And I still enjoy me time. I still need to refuel me. I still need my own identity and my own time and my own space. (laughs) So um, that's what this episode is about. I hope that today and moving forward, you will mother yourself because we get caught up in mothering others, children, spouses, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But that maternal, you know, aspect of being a woman that some people may have can shower anyone, you know, you can mother your friend. And so um, not to throw, you know, spouses under the bus, but just anyone who is in need, who is seeking warmth, who is seeking to be heard and to be seen and to be loved, if you are naturally maternal, if you're the type to come to the rescue, if you are that safe haven for someone else, it is very easy to lean into that and mother others. But with thinking about myself, because I am a huge empath, I feel what others feel almost more deeply. I'm like, you need to be passionate about this because that ain't right or that you deserve more or this, that, and the third. Like I am a huge empath. And because of that, I find myself mothering people all the time. Um, And speaking to my own experience, in lieu of mothering myself, in lieu of taking care of myself. And so I wanted to speak briefly, y'all. I am not going to be here long. It's Mother's Day. I'm coming on here to encourage you and then get out of there. Okay? I'm here for a good time, not a long time. (laughs) But yes, um, I want to speak about mothering yourself because this is a concept that I learned in therapy. If you haven't listened to my episode about therapy, I am going to link it here, okay? It is the episode before this one where I talk about my experience in personal therapy and group therapy. And through both of those experiences, I learned about mothering myself. And really what that is, is coming to your own aid. I almost knocked my drink over, y'all. 
coming to your own aid, coming to your rescue, seeing about yourself, taking care of yourself. It is in that vein of self-care, but I'd like to show how it's taking it a step farther. It's not just self-care. And yes, that's what this episode is about. So I'm going to talk briefly about that. I have my points here. So if you're watching, you see me looking down, that's what I'm doing. And if you're listening, go along with the ride, okay? I take pauses from time to time. I try to let this be, you know, very conversational, laid back, realistic, authentic, okay? And so that's that's what we're doing. I'm going to do that and we'll end with the segment, Why Didn't They Tell Us at the End? All right, so like I mentioned, we're constantly caring for other people. We are like the control board, okay? The motherboard, if you will, of our homes. And so we are taking care of people physically as a mom, emotionally, catering to those emotional needs, checking in, uplifting, upbuilding. We are the therapists of our families. We are the financial departments of our families. Um, We are the organizers. We are the cleaners. We are the cooks. We are the source of food if you're not a cook. And not to say that, you know, that it has to be any traditional title or or anything. But if you're a mom, you wear many hats. And that's just what it is. If you take, if you are the, okay, how can I put this? If you take care of your children and they live with you, you wear many hats and you shift between hats constantly on a daily basis. You can go from, like I said, doing something to take care of them physically, like helping them in the bathroom or helping them take a bath to, oh, now I am consoling you because your feelings are hurt or something happened to you at school. And um, in the background of that, you are making sure that there is electricity, heat, Wi-Fi in the home. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that one out there, y'all, because if that Wi-Fi ain't on, those kids gonna ask you about it. Okay, they asked me anyway. Um, making sure that they're getting, you know, activity, fulfillment outside of screen time and outside of school. Um, making sure that they spend time with family and those friendships, cultivating their friendships, making sure that they have clothes, that they look presentable, okay? They're getting haircuts, they're getting their hair done. All these things fall on parents. And no matter how much you try to shift the weight, yes, you can have a husband, a father, co-parent help, It's like the children naturally gravitate toward the mom. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's just because I have sons and there's a different experience that um, other moms may have. But I feel like it doesn't matter how much I try to, you know, you know, you got another parent over there, you know, you know, you can ask him. It still ends up coming to me. And if even if I want that help and I get it, I might have to redirect. I might have to steer them in that direction, which is still effort. Um, And then, of course, you know, you just be a listening ear to your children if they want to tell you about their day or if they want to ask you a million what if questions, (laughs) if they want to tell you about um, something that they want or something that they're thinking, anything that's on their mind, they're coming to you with that. And so and it's a wonderful thing. So it's not like you want to shun them. And so you can get in this loop of feeling like you have to always be on. And 
as a parent, as an adult, as a human being, that can become so taxing and so tiring. Um, I was talking with a friend about this, about being always on, is that you think that that term or being that way is related to the outside world of like, oh, I'm being social, I'm at work, I have to, you know, talk to people and I have to, you know, be responsible for things and respond and what not, okay, outside of the home. But when you're around your children, you're, you should be cognizant of what you're saying around them. And if you're, you know, being a full adult, having a life outside of them that they in some ways shouldn't be privy to, you know, there are things that happen in your adult life that should never be exposed to a child, never be brought to them in their little world, right? Never to stress them out or even just for them to know. It could just be something personal. It could be about a friend or anything. And it's just not their business (laughs) and it shouldn't be a child's business. When you are around your child, you are cognizant of that. And so you can't necessarily bring those things up, which means you aren't being, you know, your full self or bringing your full self to that situation. So you are having to be aware of that causes you to have to always be on. So you need those times where you can unwind and relax and talk and have adult conversations. And you might slip up and say a curse word, or you might say something that you never want them to hear or repeat. You are entitled to those moments. You have to have those moments for your sanity. Trust me, sis. (laughs) If you haven't, let me tell you, it's okay. Give yourself permission to have an identity that is completely outside of being a mom. Um, So I'm rambling a little bit. Um, I don't have a ton of notes. I have a few things. So I'm giving myself room to kind of talk here and, and to really just encourage you. When you think of mothering yourself, It's not just the bubble bath. It's not just lighting a candle and journaling. It's not just making sure you get a good meal, but it's taking a step back and saying, how do I feel today? When you see your child, y'all know I love an example. When you see your child and maybe they have a certain, they usually have a certain uh, demeanor, a, a certain just personality default, right? Maybe they're naturally bubbly. My nine-year-old is like that. He's very happy-go-lucky, very smiley, very talkative. So if he comes in and he isn't that, if he's quiet, if he's reserved, if he's to himself, and there may not even be anything wrong, but it's just a shift in how he is acting, I am going to ask him about that. I'm going to say, hey, how was your day? How are you feeling? What's going on? And he might say, oh, nothing, I'm just tired. But then he might say, well, this happened at school and it bothered me. Just like we do that with our children, we have to do that with ourselves. Sis, you have to check in on you. It's so important. When you wake up, when you're in the car, when you're leaving work, when you're going to work, something happens and you're you feel the shift within you, or maybe you don't feel it when it happens, but you have a moment of clarity and you realize that you're not yourself. That is the moment to tap in. That is at least if it's not the moment to tap in, that is alerting you that you need to. So maybe you can't do it right then, 
Okay, maybe you realize that you're feeling off at work. Maybe you're edgy. Maybe you're a little snappy. Maybe you're irritable. And now's not the time to really, really check in. Maybe you're, you know, with other people. Later on that night, when it's quiet and you're alone, just like you would ask your child, hey, how was your day? What's wrong? Why do you, you know, you seem to be a little quiet. What's, what are you thinking about? Do that with yourself. I do that with myself. <laughs> I will say, Adrian, you've been acting off today. You've been snapping off a little bit. You've been edgy. You've been a little, you know, fed up with folks that you only spend five minutes with. What's going on? It's not them. It's you. What is it? And to sit with myself and really think about what it is that I'm feeling and what it is that I need. If I can identify what I'm feeling, then I can identify what I need. If I am feeling burnt out, then I know that I need rest. If I am feeling sad, then I know that I need comfort. If I am feeling upset, then I know that I need some resolve. I might need some problem solving. I might need to take a deeper dive to understand what I'm upset about. I might need to really give that thought and just give myself time. If I'm feeling discouraged, I need to figure out what it is that's discouraging me and what is that change agent that's going to give me the drive to push forward or even to take a step back. Maybe I feel discouraged because I'm fatigued. Maybe I'm overworked. Maybe I've done entirely too much in the week And I need to take a break. It's going to be very hard to get to that need if I don't take the time to discover what I'm feeling. And that is mothering yourself. And taking it a step farther. Okay, I identify that something's wrong, something's off. I then identify my need. This is not the moment to look outward outward (laughs) and expect the need to be filled by something external. That's not the time to turn to my spouse and say, you need to make me feel X, Y, and Z. You need to step up here. You need to make me happy. You need to whatever it is. That's not the time to point fingers and say, if my children weren't doing this, and if my coworkers weren't doing this, and if my family weren't doing this, then I wouldn't feel this way. Because oftentimes, and this is going to be a whole other episode, y'all, so stay tuned. Burnout is a boundaries issue. And boundaries are on you. It's on you, sis, to create the boundary and enforce the boundary. Not just with others, with yourself as well. If I say I'm not taking phone calls after 9 p.m. for my peace, okay, that's the boundary. Enforcing the boundary with myself says when a phone call comes in at 10 p.m., I don't answer. Enforcing the boundary with someone else says I communicate it with them and I say, hey, I'm not taking phone calls after 9 p.m. just so you know. And they say, okay, all right, they know the boundary. And then when they call me at 9.30, I enforce the boundary by not answering the phone. 
So it's multiple parts. You can't just can't just throw the boundary out there or have the boundary hidden within your heart and expect it to work. No, there's moving pieces. I have to communicate the boundary with others. Well, first create the boundary. If I say it's important to me after 9 p.m. to not communicate with folks, I really need that time to myself. I need to refuel. I want to watch TV. I want to read. I want to write. Whatever it is that you want to do, that's important to me. Okay, so how do I protect what's important to me? I set a boundary around it. And what is the boundary? I'm not taking phone calls after 9 p.m. All right, I've created a boundary. Now I'm going to communicate that boundary with other people, the people who are likely to call me after 9 p.m. Let's be real. I communicate that boundary with them. Now when the phone call comes in, it's on me. I can be mad all day. Like, I can't believe they calling me. They know my boundary. They know how I feel. They not respecting my boundary. But if I answer... I'm not respecting the boundary. Now it's on me. So oftentimes, burnout, it's a boundaries issue. And the boundaries issue is on you, sis. It really is. And that's that's a concept that I'm still learning. <laughs> I can't even say that like it's like I've gotten it. You know, I still have to remind myself that I am the gatekeeper of the boundaries. Okay. So Let's come on back, come on back. You know, I get the rambling. I'm saying all this to say it's important to mother yourself to find out how you're feeling, how you're doing, what you need, and then give yourself what you need. That's the key. We're not looking to the next person to give us what we need. We're giving it to ourselves. So I have a text message that I want to read and then we'll go to the next segment because I told you guys I didn't want this to be really long about a moment that I had some time back and I am, so I did group therapy and after group therapy ended, it was six weeks with 10 women. When it ended, we created a group chat to help support each other, to help check in with each other, to be there for each other, to remind ourselves of the things that we learned and um, just to keep it at the forefront of our minds and our hearts. And so I had this moment where I mothered myself for the first time after I had like a rough time. I had a a rough time, y'all. And I couldn't, I was not getting there without mothering myself. Like it was like, there was no peace that was coming from external things. So I realized like, okay, this is the time for me to put into practice what I learned in therapy, which is to mother myself. And so I sent them this message and I want to send it, uh, read it to you guys um, before I move forward. Here it is. So y'all, my weekend has some low moments. And for the first time, I mothered myself. Instead of looking to other people, calling friends, running from home, going to stay at my mom's house, because I do that. I will do that so quickly, y'all. Or acting like everything is okay when it isn't. I came to my own rescue. Opened all the blinds to let the sun in. Made myself coffee and breakfast that I enjoyed at my dining table. Said some affirmations, prayed, and journaled. And I talked it out, out loud, and then responded kindly to myself. 
I think today was the first time I've intentionally done that and it is truly helpful. And that's the end of of the text. And, you know, they went on to encourage me after that, but I I wanted to take pause for that moment um, because it was huge. And I saw how powerful it was for me to mother myself. Because when we have, you know, a sick child or just just a child who's going through something, we will get them from point A to point Z. We don't just ask them how they're doing. Excuse me. We'll ask them how they're doing and then listen to them. Then we will hear the need, whatever that may be, even if they don't blatantly say it. They may be, you know, crying out about something, not realizing that they just need you know, consolation. They just need to be reaffirmed. They may just need to receive a hug or some love or whatever it is, right? So we hear the need and we decipher, okay, this is what they need. We give them what they need. And then we we even go as far as to see like, do you feel better? How you feel now? That entire process we can do for ourselves. And it's so much sweeter when we do it for ourselves. Because it then we don't place that power to make ourselves feel fulfilled and happy and loved in someone else's hand. When someone else loves on us and they listen to us and they care for us, it's beautiful and we welcome it. We thank you. Okay. Thank you. But that's an addition to what I'm already doing for me. I am already loving myself, caring for myself, checking in on myself. And guess what? People are going to see that as they enter my life. They're going to say, she's taking care of herself. So, you know, whatever level it is that I've, of care I've been given, if it ain't matching that, I'm going to have to step up. And if I, if I can't, then I'm backing out. We communicate how others should treat us, but how we first treat ourselves. If we allow ourselves to be run ragged, then we welcome other people to do that to us. And they say, well, you was doing it for everybody else. Why wouldn't you do it for me? Or you seem to be good. You were strong, you know, strong black woman doing all the things. You didn't need no help. So I thought you was good. That's why I ain't offer no help. You know, it's so many, so many scenarios, dialogues, personas that I could... <laughs> display for you guys. But the whole point of it is that what you need, you have, you're great at it. You're a great mom. And that same energy that you give to your children, you can give to yourself. You should give to yourself. You must give to yourself. That's it. And that's all y'all. So we're going to move on to the segment. Why didn't they tell us? Why didn't they tell us is a fun segment where we just make light of the topic we just discussed. It's a way to end on a light note, okay? I know I might have got a little deep, you know, my topics get deep. You know, we was, you know, having a benediction moment there real quick, and uh, now we're going to lighten it up. So I have three of these, and then we are out of here. Go enjoy your mother's day. Why didn't they tell us that no matter how much you direct children to their dad, they will always gravitate towards the mom. (laughs) I know I already said it, but it bears saying again, y'all. 
I mean, it's like sometimes it's like the my children's dad ain't ain't even in the room, and he is. He's sitting there. He on his phone. He's reading a book, doing whatever, and they don't even they don't bother him for anything. I could come in the room from somewhere else, and they're like, "I'm hungry. I want a snack. Can you get this for me? Can you?" And I'm like, "Whoa." He was sitting right there. You didn't think he could do any of these things? I know you know he can do these things. Why did you wait for me? But I digress. <laughs> I digress. Number two, why didn't they tell us that a uh, momming truly is hashtag no days off? It's no days off, y'all. Look, let me tell you, you can take a four-day vacation. First of all, the prep that goes into doing that, kudos to, to us. <laughs> Um, yeah, but even on those four days, there is a, there's a, there's a mental component that does not ever go away. You're like, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how the sitter's doing. I wonder if grandma need anything. I wonder if, uh, how they're doing with the nighttime routine. They not sleeping at home. They sleeping in somebody else's bed. And even if somehow you're like, I don't be thinking about none of that. They might call you. You thought you was on vacation. And they're like, Mom, I was just wondering, can you give me the code to the to the uh Wi-Fi to the my kids have a code on their um tablets for the internet. Well, it's it's for a different profile so that they can access the internet. I don't even know why I felt the need to even go that deep, but either way, they have in order to get to the internet, which allows them to get to like YouTube and whatnot, they have to put a code in because you ain't gonna just be sitting on Beyonce's internet without my knowing okay and definitely not all day so anywho they whenever they stay with other people and those people don't know the code sometimes I remember to give them the code and I'm like please don't pass this on but if they stay and they ain't got that code honey I'm getting a phone call their dad's getting a phone call somebody gonna get in contact with me for that code okay so um it's, it is no days off. And I'm not saying that to complain. I love my babies. I wanted my babies. I had both of them deliberately, okay? That doesn't mean I can't still get tired, okay? I want a nice body. That don't mean I love working out, okay? I do what needs to be done. <laughs> Let me stop. But y'all get my point. It's no days off. Love it, but no days off. All right, and then number three, uh, why didn't they tell us that children are like little little mirrors? Little mirrors of ourselves. So um, work on yourself, sis. <laughs> I was preaching to the choir right there because they will pick up, they pick up you just innately. It, you don't have to open your mouth. They are going to pick up your habits, your mindset, your demeanor, your values. They're going to pick it all up and they're going to show it to you by being that. And you're going to be like, where did you get this from? And you're going to be like, oh. You got that from me. <laughs> I hear myself when you speak, and I don't like the way it sounds. Mm. You know, my both of my boys, they both picked up parts of my personality. You know, my youngest is like my wild card. He is a wild child. He be all over the place, but he's so bold, not just physically. He is very physically bold to, to the point where it scares the crap out of me. But he's so, like, 
just as a as a little person he's bold he has a very big personality and he will question me down to the bone I don't know if it's because he's the youngest or what but he and he and with great logic (laughs) okay I don't know if I should be proud or if I should stop him (laughs) um but yes I see so much of myself in that because I was I was like that I questioned everything always had to say something as a child um always had to uh, talk back okay he is that okay he is me and me is him I know that's bad grammar but you get my point um, and then my my oldest, he is very analytical and he gets that from me. I am such a, like, don't give me a decision to make, okay? Because I got to do research and I got to get opinions and I got to hear from other people who went through it and I got to weigh pros and cons and I got to pray to the Lord and I got to, you see where I'm going with this? Analytical, over analytical. If you say red or blue, I am like, well, the last time someone chose, what did they choose? <laughs> How, and what kind of red is this? Are we talking like a deep red? Are we talking about a bright red? Or what kind of blue? Is this a royal blue or is this a navy blue? And can I have both? Is that an option? Can I choose purple? Is that an option? I mean, it is just a whole ordeal. And that is my oldest to the T. I mean, to the T. And to the point where it can drive me clean off a, cl- a cliff. Um, and I see myself, I see so much of myself in, in both of them. And so, um, you know, it definitely challenges me to continue working on me and to continue being very, um, cognizant of what I expose them to birth, both in my habits and what I say, being very mindful of what I say, but more so mindful of what I do, um, because they're going to pick up what I do all day long. What I say can go in one ear, not the other, but they're going to mimic what they see me do. Um, I am not one of those parents that's do what I say, not as I do. Um, No, I want to be an example to them. So yes, that is it, you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful Mother's Day. I released this episode a day early because I wanted to get it to you kind of as a gift. Um, And we will still be going on the regular schedule. You know, I typically like to release episodes on Mondays, um, but definitely weekly. So I hope that you will meet me right back here next time on Relatable Rhetoric.